it's Wednesday and it's time for Pop in Politics. We are talking about the latest in hot topics, news, and entertainment. I'm KJ and let me introduce you to my co-hosts. We have Yana, we have Colleen, and tonight, as you can see, we have invited the guys to join in on the conversation. We have Joshua Shafran. He is vice chair of the Maryland Republican Jewish Council. Uh, Tyrone Keyes is an economic strategist and host of Money Changes Everything. And we have Stephen Holchbaum. He is the news director for Metro Conservative Media. Shelly is out this week, but she will be back next week. All right, so as I always say, join the conversation by leaving a comment on our Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. And don't just comment, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, we have a packed house tonight, so let's set it off. We are starting out uh, tonight with the Ukraine-Russia conflict. So on Tuesday morning, President Joe Biden announced a ban on Russian oil effective immediately over its continued aggression in Ukraine. The UK will also reportedly be joining America. Pressure from lawmakers and citizens has been growing in recent days for the U.S. to stop importing Russian oil, which accounts for about 8% of the total U.S. consumption. The move comes after Ukraine's President Zelensky openly called for boycotts of Russian oil imports to the U.S. and European countries on Monday. Germany, which is the biggest purchaser of Russian energy in Europe, made it clear they reject the notion. The rubble plunged in value and the Russian bank raised its key interest rate to 20% in response. Due to Russia's general energy and agricultural independence, however, life in Russia may continue as it was a few weeks ago. According to the Morning Wire, a third round of talks between Ukraine and Russia ended Monday with no major developments as the United Nations reported that over 400 civilians have been killed so far in Russia's invasion. Of those killed, 27 are children. Over 800 have been injured, though experts have cautioned that actual number is almost certainly higher. Russian forces are making significant gains in the north, south, and east of Ukraine and targeting cities across the country with heavy rocket fire, with some reports saying they're specifically targeting civilian in certain regions. Uh, so the Russian forces continue to ignore ceasefires or so-called humanitarian corridors. Last Thursday, leaders from Ukraine and Russia announced they had agreed to a temporary ceasefire to support humanitarian corridors to allow food and medicine to be brought in and for the civilians to get out. In Maripol, the Ukrainian National Guard said Russian forces encircled the port and continued to shell the area on Sunday as Russian media blamed Ukrainian forces for supposedly failing to uphold the ceasefire. The continued and increasing levels of violence are only fueling the scale of humanitarian disaster, in addition to those suffering on the ground either due to lack of supplies, injuries, or death, a massive number of refugees are trying to escape under horrendous conditions. The UN estimates 
that 1.5 million have now fled with almost 1 million refugees flooding into Poland alone. So I want to start with this question to you all tonight. Did America cause the conflict in Ukraine by pushing Ukraine into NATO and towards democracy? Yana, I'd like for you to answer that first, if you could. Okay, well, to answer your question, I think that uh, the U.S. definitely definitely played a role. And in terms of uh, democracy, well, you can't promote democracy and then not be okay with what happened in, as a result of that democracy. So we had, um, the Ukraine had a president that was elected by the people and he was removed by a coup that was sponsored by the United States and the European Union in 2014. And another person was technically well put in place. There was another election that was um, put together and another person was put in place. So, and that actually what started the current uh, conflict in 2014. So definitely, I think U.S. played a part in this conflict. All right. I want to go with to you, Colleen. Did America cause the conflict in Ukraine by pushing Ukraine into NATO and towards democracy? So I'm, I'm not sure about in terms of like NATO um, how we were involved, but I do believe that the Bidens were a little bit more involved directly, um, you know, with Hunter working on the board for Burisma. I mean, he doesn't have any experience in that kind of field. Um, so it's it's possible with NATO and stuff like that. But I really think that there's more corruption with the Bidens specifically right now. All right. I want to move to you, Stephen. So did America cause the conflict in Ukraine by pushing them into NATO and towards democracy? Um, it's definitely a factor, but it's one of several factors that were involved in creating what now exists in the Ukraine-Russia conflict. It may be even a primary factor, but again, it's one of several. All right. And what about you, Tyrone? Same question. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, everyone here... Um, is absolutely right. Uh, there are several factors. One of them I want to mention is uh, the Ukraine relinquishing its nuclear armament back in the 90s and relying on the commitments from the United States and NATO that they would, uh, you know, off, they would protect them. Uh, it's been shown time and time again, even if you are enriching uranium. You don't even have to have a nuclear weapon, but if you are uh, starting down that path, you are put in a whole different category of uh, nation and taken, you know, much more seriously. So I think that relying on that commitment from the United States, um, which obviously is not being upheld in the way the Ukraine thought is, is definitely a factor. All right. And to you, Joshua, the last one, this question, uh, do you feel that uh, America caused the conflict in Ukraine by pushing Ukraine into NATO and towards democracy? You're muted, bud. Oh, you're muted, Joshua. <laughs> I apologize. Absolutely, the U.S. caused this. Whether it was by pushing towards NATO or pushing towards democracy, that can be articulated a little bit differently, but they did cause it by providing weapons and humanitarian aid towards Ukraine, which ultimately uh, aggravated Russia, 
But then the U.S. wasn't prepared to fully support Ukraine, despite being the cause of Russian aggression, ultimately. Okay. All right. Um, I wanted to, do we have a response? Can it, did anyone want to respond to, to that? You guys kind of said the same thing. Well, I, I just want to say something right out of the gate. We, there's been a lot of talk about the weapons of mass destruction, the nukes that Ukraine held. Those were Soviet nukes that they had no ability to handle, manage, maintain, or actually use. So yes, although I agree with what you're saying in terms of what a nuclear power is treated, Tyrone, the reality of those nukes was is just to change the gas inside the ICBMs that were inside Ukraine would have risked blowing one up and leveling the city that it was stored in because they did not have the keys or the codes to actively use any of those nuclear weapons. They were urged to give it back, agreed, by a security uh, guarantee from the United States, which I also agree with you, Joshua, that they were unwilling to follow through. It was an empty promise made to co to appease Russian interests at the time. But the fact is, is those nukes were useless to the yeah. Ukrainians unless they were willing to risk blowing up whole cities in their territory in trying to use them, maintain them, and just basic handling of them. Because well, they I do, I do see your, I do see your point. And I, I somewhat agree. I think that we both would also agree that the uh, intellectual capability is uh, to, in order to run a nuclear program, is for sale. Uh, you've seen it in Pakistan. Uh, we're seeing it in Iran. So I do agree with you that yes, they were not ready to start, you know, being assertive with those. But I think that uh, giving them up. Uh, definitely made the world safer because you could have had actors come in there and, you know, just do the highest bidder thing and start to, you know, uh, engage in malfeasance with them. But I do think that um, if a, if a state is serious about it, the knowledge is out there and readily available at a price. Well, I would say those nukes were at the same time, both an expensive paperweight, but also a very important uh, uh, bargaining chip. And, they didn't get what they bargained for when they gave them up. Yeah, I wanted well, to I, say, oh, go ahead, Young. No, I was just going to comment on something else. Um, the current crisis that we're having right now in Ukraine, and KJ has presented some of information. Um, however, we do have to look at, I mean, in my opinion, on both sides and both perspectives. So whatever that we're getting here in the West, the information, you know, we have to counter that like with what the Russian side is reporting. And right now it's actually being heavily censored. And even though you may say, well, there's, you know, misinformation, but we've know that there, there were so many fake stories uh, immediately after the crisis started, there was so many fakes coming from uh, the Ukrainian side. Well, so- how can we get real information when Russia has pretty much put out all of, of the media? So we know that um, the Kremlin actually mentioned uh, that they a lot of media has been expelled because they came out with that. Uh, they basically said if there's any media that are pushing, putting out propaganda, what they call, but basically it's any information that is contrary to Russia propaganda would be under heavy scrutiny, almost killing, murder. But well, I think I think that first of, you can you can uh, go into channels where there's actual people on the ground, 
uh, reporting. Uh, there are some reporters that are on the ground. There's, I know that there's a French reporter that's been on the ground for years in that uh, part of the world. Also, just you know, the, what people share, just regular civilians. And uh, of course, you know, all, all I'm saying is that you got to look at both sides. And for example, uh, Russia targeting civilians. I mean, I can't agree with that because the whole um, strategy is to, this is a special operation. This is not a war. And this is to target military bases. So for example, we had uh, stories in the West that Russia was targeting schools. But actually, it's because they found out that the Ukrainian forces were hiding inside schools. Children are not going to school right now during this time. And also about the, um, the civilians trying to flee, uh, Russia was actually organizing um, humanitarian uh, corridors, how they call them. So they would say, well, we're not going to shoot anywhere around here and you can get on buses and cars and you can get out. And actually it was Ukrainians that were preventing people from leaving and they were literally shooting at people who were trying to leave. So that information is being suppressed in the West. And I think that needs to be looked at as well. Okay, I want to ask you guys, can someone uh, respond to that? So yeah, I, I've actually read that some of those uh, humanitarian corridors Russia proposed were to go either into Belarus or into Russia which many, which Ukraine rejected out of hand, because to them they're saying that's going straight to either a labor camp or, you know, a slaughterhouse. Oh my so, God! Yeah. So, so, so have they ever asked? Have they asked the people? I mean, they had people literally lining up yeah, with their no, no. bags. What, to what get I'm saying out. is, I I agree. There's a lot of misinformation coming out of Ukraine. You know, whether it's right wing or left wing American media, both of them are propping up Ukraine like crazy, and it's transparent and it's complete BS. But at the same time. We have to be critical and skeptical of Russia yeah. as well. I want to say just, they're just not because there's propaganda out of Ukraine doesn't mean Russia's the good guy. They're not yeah. just propping up Ukraine. They're they're spreading anti-Russia sentiment. If you're not realizing that Eric Swalwell sent out a tweet not too long ago saying we should send all the Russian students back. When has that ever been okay in America where we suddenly have anti any nation sentiment? They wouldn't even let us talk about COVID coming from China when it right. first came out. That, now we're sending Russian students home. I, I actually you think agree they with that. like Putin. You know? I agree with sending Russian students back. Wait, you agree with that? I agree with that 100%. Can you expand, Joshua? And then we can yeah. On that. Of course. So the only. the. The way to combat Russia, it's through diplomatic efforts. By revoking the visas, that's going to make Russia hurt. We have to take them off the world stage and recognize that we cannot deal do business with them. So that's how, that's saying it was to. okay to intern Japanese in World War II? Like, I'm not really sure. That's in line with this. You're it, no, sentiment. You're the Japanese who are interned, if they were Americans, that's different. If they had Japanese passports, yes, it would be okay, or to deport them. I completely, I completely agree disagree. So that you were okay with the Islam ban, like the banning of the, what they called the Muslim ban? Like these you mean what the like, Democrats called the Muslim ban? Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like you would stand that it would be okay to pick on a group of people inside. By certain countries that were a high terror threat? Of course. You had a uh, former I saw that, ambassador. Yeah. You had a former ambassador under Barack Obama suggest that all of the Russian people needed to be held 
responsible for the yeah, actions they, of their government. There are now, no innocent Russians. Yeah. Now, here's the thing: if we start to adopt that kind of uh, thought process, then we are basically in agreement with Islamic fundamentalists who do, do not distinguish American policy from American yeah. citizens. Yeah. So. Are you saying that we should punish Saudi Arabia for not letting every American have a free visa into Saudi all the time because they don't allow Americans to traverse back and forth freely? Or the Okay, let's stay on let's stay on Russia. I'm talking about diplomatic visas and punishing and punishing individuals. Okay, let me let me just finish my thought. I believe that this ambassador, and forgive me, I forget his name. I'll get it in a minute. Lindsey Graham coming out and suggesting that uh, basically an act of war be committed by assassinating President Putin. He was out. Uh, of this line. is yeah, just, he, he shouldn't say this, that. This That's got. Funny. This has got. This has gone way beyond the pale. And listen, if you're an advocate for distinguishing between citizens and policymakers in a conventional war then that should be extended when it comes to their rights otherwise, okay? If they're if they're guilty of subversion or espionage, that's a different thing. But people who are just trying to go about their lives just by virtue of the fact that they have a different nationality, if we're going to start treating them differently, that's a very slippery slope. So yeah, Joshua, I also have a question. So like the way you, you said, you know, that we need to send all the Russians out, that... You know, we have to show them a strong People message. Here on a visa. What, no, no, no. On my visa. question is to you, what did Russia do to America in this particular uh, conflict? Right. We're not at war with Russia, or are we? Yeah. So, Joshua, like... No, how, no, actually, I, I love that question, because right now, the way I see it is we are doing these half-ass, half-measures, which the sanctions are. We need to either say, all right, we, we completely condemn Russia and we are going to stop them, or we need to get out. But the fact is, we're doing these escalating measures, which have no red line and have no effect. Once, well, what do you think? What do you hold think on, should be the on, U.S. response? What do fifteen and sixteen-year-old kids who live here who play hockey have to do with Putin invading Ukraine? What does banning classical literature have to do with people? I never said Ukraine? we should ban yeah, classical you're, literature. You're and actually, that was based on a that was based on a about Oprah's book club. Are you spreading fake news now? Come on. I'm not saying he said that, but these are the things that come from escalating to attacking basic Russian citizens who have nothing to do with what goes on in Russia. You think Putin cares we send home the university students? Do you think that has any effect on what his decision making is? He is only concerned about the group of people he uses to control the country. That is it. And even they are getting squeezed hard and he still doesn't care. So picking on that EA sports all the Russian teams, like this is, where does it end? If we pick on Russian speaking students, we're supposed to have the more. I didn't say Russian speaking. I said Russian. I mean, Russian passport holding. Apologies, apologies, apologies. Russian passport holding students. Where does it stop? This is, there is no reasonable assessment that, that says this has any overall effect on the strategy of Russia. Let him respond. Go ahead, Josh. And then we have Yana. I don't understand where the question is. I think I've been consistent. And just because nobody agrees with me, it doesn't make me wrong. It just means that we have a disagreement. And that's okay. I do believe that if we if we are opposing Russia and if we are trying to hold a line, we should say, okay, well, 
we need to cut off diplomatic relations. It doesn't mean we have to go to war, but we do need to expel the ambassadors and we do need to expel the visa holders until we can establish new diplomatic relations on different terms. But That's right, my question to you is, what impact do you honestly believe that would have on Vladimir Putin's decision-making process with regard to Ukraine? I think it'll, it'll, it'll affect the morale over there massively because other countries will follow suit. If we expel ambassadors, visa holders, other, everybody follows America's lead. Really? By isolating them, they, their morale Let will be finish, killed, please. Let finish. It, it'll change things dr dr dramatically. So sending, so, so the seizure of assets from his oligarch friends, have that has not swayed him, but sending home students who he has no idea who they even are, that's going to move him. I think it could have an effect, yes. I think that's naive. I think that that's a very naive. Yeah, opinion. you're entitled you to that punish, opinion. You want to punish regular people who have no bearing. Like he doesn't care that 200 companies walked away from his country because his money is square. So once once again, why we can apply the standard to any other country, but you're holding America to a different standard. Any yeah, other country, any other country, when they have bad diplomatic relations with America, they expel Americans from their country. They do not let Americans enter. But you're saying, oh, America has to let everybody in. Are you an open borders the, liberal? The, wait a minute. The EU, like. the, the EU hasn't expelled Russians. They haven't done that. And, and they, Germany is starting to buckle under their sanction talk. They're already pushing back. They don't want more we, sanctions. They we, can't afford it. Their economy's already feeling it too we, much. We have to acknowledge sovereignty at this point. And yeah. Who's sovereignty? Well, I mean, I'm just trying to understand why such an aggressive response from America. Well, how is that aggressive? Well, talk well, about I mean, we have no, You have been. said that we got to punish all Russians. That no, Russian visa holders in America. Okay, so, wait a minute. All you Russians. students. No, if, if, if you have dual citizenship, you're safe. Rus Russian students who are here legally, you're suggesting that they are a threat to our sovereignty. I'm not saying they are a threat. I'm saying we need to shift our diplomatic relations, and they would be collateral damage of that shift. E the okay. EU has not done that. Let me jump in there for a moment. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. We, have, we have to move on. We have to move on. But I think, um, you know, this I, is I, I, contrast. I think we have some interesting comments. Right. I and know, let's talk about this. this. There is a contrast here because we're looking at, you know, what, what Joshua is saying in something that we haven't been doing. We have not been uh, very uh, consistent with our policy to, towards Russia. And some would say that's why we're in the, the, the situation that we're in. This Biden administration has, has been all over the place with, uh, with their Russian uh, diplomacy. And so uh, him, you know, this idea of, of, of expelling visa holders is a, is a strong move. So are you guys in agreement with what the Biden administration has been doing so, so far? No, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with what they're doing, but I don't necessarily agree that steps that uh, people are talking about are even remotely relevant to the conversation. Yeah, you can do what Josh is saying, but I don't feel like things like that are relevant. I don't feel like spilling out the vodka that 90% of the time is made in Latvia has anything to do with it. Or you saying stuff that he didn't say. I didn't say he said You also said about Russian literature. Just basically think me and Winfrey. 
So why don't we talk about facts and not fictions? Please, Stephen, come on. That's not a fiction. It's not the a fiction. Oprah Winfrey the Oprah Winfrey book literally about Russian, removed all the Russian literature. One at a time. One at a time. What were you saying, Stephen? I mean, we are, where does it stop? Where does the moral, where do we get to claim the moral high ground in this if we're only going to be focusing on the civilians? If you want policy that directly attacks him and his oligarchy, fine. Those are the people who run Russia. Those are the people who are affected. You want to seize the guy's $500 million yacht in uh, Europe that they seized in Italy, go ahead. You want to make their lives miserable. But McDonald's pulling all their McDonald's out of Russia so that average Russians suffer is not going to change the face of what Putin does. He could care less. He and never cared. If he did, he wouldn't have crossed the red line. That's going what, to what red back. line? What they red line? In Ukraine, where there were troops were before, and now they went in, and we called it an invasion. That's the red line. No, but we have, we did not actually say, "Hey, here is the red line. If you cross this, then there will be consequences." No, we're talking. I mean, in the sense that it was labeled the red line on the so, map because he I, had troops stationed in those regions already it, prior to what we're calling the invasion. I mean, they yeah. couldn't even call it an invasion the first three days. They have to yeah. figure out three days later that where, what they had done by now is an invasion. I agree the Biden policy on this has been terrible, but I agree American policy towards Russia has been terrible. It has been. It, even Donald Trump, in all his wiseness that I'm going to bomb Moscow if you invade Ukraine, it's, it's insanity kept us safe. It's yeah. not that he was some political right. and genius. Recently, I, I, Trump I would say said something ridiculous about the planes. Uh, I heard Trump saying something about putting uh, what is it Chinese flags on uh, on uh, American planes and bombing Russia. Like I mean, overall the whole world is over is overreacting and but and also not reacting properly because like we said in the beginning of this program is that people are dying. They are actually dying. Whether it's you know who is responsible and what is really happening, we do not know. What do you because mean? We're not on the ground. Russia invaded a sovereign country. Russia invaded. Let me finish. Let me finish. So that's what I'm saying. People are dying. And why are they dying? Because of the conflict. Oh well, can, can someone explain why people have been dying for the past eight years in the east of Ukraine? Because Ukrainians have been bombing them. So yes, they're dying as a result of of that original aggression. However, the whole world is now fighting amongst themselves who is pro-Russia, who is against Russia, and nobody is coming together to actually talk and and resolve this conflict. Well, like, how I actually studied conflict Let's analysis. talk about that. I want to talk about that because you, <laughs> Russia, Russia did uh, provide some uh, what reasons what they want. They provided what they want from Ukraine uh, in order to uh, to stop this conflict. So... They basically said uh, that they want Ukraine to uh, to put in their constitution uh, that they will uh, they will not join the EU or uh, or or the uh, or NATO. They also said they want them to uh, to to make the uh, what I have here. I think, I think they said something about they want uh, the um, not Crimea. Um, Crimea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Crimea, yeah, Crimea and, and the Crimea to and right to be part of, of Russia. And I think it was one other thing. Uh, yeah, they, they wanted to install a separate president in Ukraine right. loyal right. to Putin. That was the final that, thing. That was not one of their demands. Their yes, demands yes, it actually was. was. The two regions be independent and that Ukraine maintain demilitarized neutral status. Now, do I agree with all those things? No. But 
the same thing is, is when Ukraine is talking about they'll negotiate, they automatically start with the position. None of those things are acceptable to Ukraine. Actually, so today they changed. Today, today they said that they would consider the recognizing the sovereignty of the eastern region. So, right. so okay, so there they gave an inch now. But I'm saying you had three or four rounds of talks where they. What they is Russia? Them. What is Russia giving to Ukraine though? What is not Russia actually giving? Them so, like to not blow them up anymore. If you're oh. Zelensky, oh, so you're recognizing endlessly to get us to escalate. That failed. He lied three times about nuclear holocaust coming. We all know this now. First, when they came through Chernobyl, they lied that that was melting down. Then they lied about the power plant being on fire. Then they lied again today about their, the electricity being cut off to Chernobyl. They also talk about us them bombing schools when there's a Reddit post from a Ukrainian soldier telling them that they're in the schools. And that's why Russia attacked them. Like, we know these yes. things. So Reddit, the Reddit is the beacon the snake well, let me do this. Reddit, Reddit is the beacon here's, of trust. Here's, here's no, but I'm saying there's absolutely Ukrainian uh Ukrainian newscast. I have this on my Facebook page where uh and this goes back to your question, KJ, about how do you discern what is and what is not accurate. Uh Ukrainian newscast said that in two weeks, the Ukrainians have killed 10,000 Russian soldiers. Okay, now um, did a little research, just a little, and the United States in Iraq and Afghanistan, both conflicts, Iraq la lasted seven years, Afghanistan 20, both uh, conflicts, we lost 7,054 uh, personnel. Okay, so uh, and, and hold on, hold okay. on, on D-Day. America lost 4,413 personnel. I'm sorry, I'm not buying that. So 10,000 in Ukraine? So to answer your question, KJ, uh, we we actually cannot rely on the media. We got to you know take a step back and do our Thank own you. critical thinking to try yeah. to figure out what is accurate and what is less so. Yeah, because I, it, I mean, but look at what Russia has done in the past. We saw what mm -hmm. they did to Aleppo. We saw what they've done in Syria. I mean, they don't play nice. I mean, you guys are on here. So, oh no, they what didn't have been this. They in Syria. They have, well, they've, they've just contracted, <laughs> no, they just contracted Syrian rebels to come out into Ukraine. That's not true. That we know that that's not true. They have no evidence of that. These are more claims that are unsubstantiated. I'm not yeah, saying all of your claims are unsubstantiated as well. But that's my point. You have Zelensky saying that all the guys on Snake Island are going to get posthumous medals, but they're all alive. And then you yeah. have everyone carrying yeah. water that in the fog of war, you lose contact with people, but then you claim they're dead. The ghost of Kiev, he has lied to the world leadership to get escalation. Then our own government played a game with Poland. They tried to get Poland to give yeah. MiG-29s. Then Poland's like, okay, we'll leave them in Ramstein's Air Force Base. And then Blinken says today, oh, we were totally unprepared for that comment. We had no idea they wanted to push them. And now planes are off the table. Yeah, so, no, actually, I want, I want to jump on this because this actually well, what, really Let me ask you a question. Off. What I want to really know is where does the ghost of Kiev park the plane where does he keep the MiG? We know this is a fabrication. We know that. Yes, yes. Ukraine is putting out pro-Ukrainian propaganda to boost morale because they're probably getting their asses kicked every day. 
and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pull I'm not gonna pull water pour water for Ukraine. Okay, come on. I'm not the the water same water. people who want us to go to war with Ukraine are the same people who said two weeks to slow the spread. So I'm sorry mm-hmm. that I'm not jumping on board with bet. jumping in a war with a nuclear power when Tyrone just said ten thousand people. That's how many you that's how many Russians the Ukrainians have killed is ten thousand is what they're reporting. It's not true. Is, is that correct? That's not true. If that is correct, say no. say it is correct. Say well, that's what the media is reporting and say that's correct. Why do they need our help? That. You know, it was is that that's what well, they're yeah, reporting, right? Right. But right. Also, right. also, also I just right. want to say, you know, in the West, a lot of times we like to the media likes to bring light to humanitarian crisis or let's say separatists who are being oppressed by another country so we heard about kurds for example you know we've learned that you know kurdish people were being oppressed by um iraq government the iraqi government and uh but why is it so people get so uncomfortable when somebody brings up the east of ukraine that are literally welcoming the russian soldiers right now why is this why can't we talk about that who said we can't well nobody has talked about it on i mean this conversation and plus it's being it's being censored any information about that region and the way that people are reacting to the russian soldiers we we don't hear it in the west and I, i just want to remind everyone a little piece of history that everyone here is familiar with the united states doesn't tolerate opposing ideologies in its hemisphere, let alone right next door. If you go back to the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Monroe Doctrine, this is something that we almost went, we almost had a nuclear war over the prospect of Russia being 90 miles away. So it's funny that a lot of Americans don't seem to uh, understand our intolerance for having these, uh, for at that time, having the Warsaw Pact right next door. Okay, and we have no no sort of uh, empathy for another nation's desire to keep uh, an opposing ideology from getting a foothold in its territory. All right, we do have to move on from there. We do have to move on. I do want to take some comments. I think one thing we can all agree on is that you know Putin envisions a reimagining a reimagined world order. Uh, he clearly yeah. lusts for a return to Russia glory, and he sees that China is oriented itself under uh, Xi Jinping toward a similar purpose. So whether you guys want to cream all over uh, Putin and Russia is fine. But what we really have is we, ha- we have an, an aggression from China because China is one of his, his partners. So we really, we just have to see how, how things go. We have to, um, we'll see in time. Um, one thing we know for sure is that he has not been aggressive with the NATO countries that surround him, but it looks like Ukraine is, is not a NATO country. And so they're up for for uh, reckoning, but you know, so he may get aggressive with other uh, non-NATO countries. We don't know, so all we can do is, is wait and see. I want to look at some of the comments before we uh, we move on. I have here, uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Abe is saying Biden's family was all in okay Ukraine. Okay, yes. Uh, he also says Russian community center in Canada was vandalized badly. Badly strange. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, let's see here. We have Janice Fowler. You guys are giving the young people watching plenty of info to research. Okay. All right. Um, 
see here. Abe says, Russia wants to defend the breakaway region of Donbass as it is their ally from Ukrainian attacks. Okay. All right. Uh, I just, can I just add one thing, KJ, to what you said about ten just seconds, now? Ten Last seconds. Ten seconds. Seconds. The difference between Ukraine and all the other countries on the border for Russia is the pipeline that they run all their fuel through runs through Ukraine. That's the difference why Ukraine is so much more important to Russia than any other nation on its border. It makes its money through Ukraine. All right. All right. So again, uh, please continue to comment. Join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. And also subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, Joshua, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, course, you are, pleasure. yes, the uh, vice chair of the uh, Black, of the, what is it? Maryland Jewish Republican Council. Yes, so we can definitely find you there on your uh on your uh, website there and your Facebook page. Anything, any last comments before we let you go? No, as always, always a good time. Feel free to hit me up on social media. All good. All right. Thank you so much. All right. So we are moving right along. We are actually adding also in uh, Black Chad. Uh, so we have Black Chad is coming on to the uh, broadcast. Do we have him here? All right. Yes. How's it going, Chadwick? Good evening. Good evening, you guys. How are you? Glad to have you. So uh, he will be joining us for the remaining time. He is the um, Director of Engineering at Metro Conservative Media. All right. So we are moving right along to our pop-off round. Now it's time. Basically, this is the time where uh, I need each of you to pop off on trending topics and provide a reaction in 30 seconds or less. So we're starting with you, Yana. In Slate Magazine article, parents that are atheists worry that their preschooler would be taught about God in school. Is this a legitimate concern? What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I do hope that their kids will be taught about God somewhere. So the thing is, it's funny to me that the atheists are so loud about these kind of things when other children like in general children are not taught about god or it's in fact in general the schools are preventing children from learning about god so uh we have things like sinful behavior is taught about in in majority of schools and the fact that this one particular family because they're sending their kid to a daycare or preschool that where you know that is uh faith-based they're upset about it. Like, come on, like they have uh, control over pretty much entire education at this point. And even that one preschool is not okay with them. So these people are absolutely, you know, they're, they're just after everything that has to do with God. All right. All right. Moving right along to you, Tyrone. So Jen Psaki said last Friday, the reason why the price of gas is going up is not because of steps the president has taken, 
She says they are because President Putin is invading Ukraine, and that is creating a great deal of instability in the global marketplace. Do you agree or disagree and why? I actually tuned out after Jen Psaki said, um, but I think I, I think I caught the rest of it. She, she's, it's a demonstrable lie. Uh, the trend line for prices has been going up long before this conflict. Uh, I think it's so, uh, it, 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 it just shows that this White House, they, they're out of ideas if they ever had any. Okay. Uh, sure. You can make the claim that it's going to spike, you know, from here on, on out maybe, but, um, totally baseless claim for what we've seen up until this point. All right. Moving right along to you, Colleen. So I recently lost a friendship due to my conservative beliefs. Colleen, you were a Democrat for most of your life and recently changed to Republican. How has the response been from your liberal friends and how has that response made you feel? Well, I lost most of them. So the I guess that means that they're not really friends. Um, and I will say that um, they... Any any friends that I've lost because I became a conservative or, you know, admitted being a conservative are not friends that when I look in hindsight were really friends. They were people that I've had the most problems with, the people who were hardest to be friends with. I mean, so it was kind of like uh, draining my own swamp when um, when people felt some type of way about my new beliefs. Um, so I will say that if you are feeling alone, find new friends. I mean, I met Yana on Facebook. So, and now I'm here with all these lovely people on the panel and life will definitely get better. Just look for better people. All right. Thank you for that. All right. And lastly, Chad, uh, I want you to take a look at this video. I got a good job. I make very, very good money. And she says, I need now as a man. It's like, yo, like, <laughs> it's like, who wants you? Who wants? Literally, she says, "I got a good job. I make very, very good money," and she says, "The only thing I need now is a man." <laughs> it's like, yo, like, <laughs> it's like, who wants you? Who wants you? You, you right. right? Like, once you have achieved these things, you have unfortunately disqualified yourself. Ooh, and, and, shit! And what it is is these because I and this is the thing. I'm not blaming Ooh, the, the women. women are gonna hate him for that shit. No, no, <laughs> they are gonna hate him for that. They, they I can't wait me. to put this shit out. All right. So basically, he was saying high-earning women are less attractive, uh, and 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 uh, i.e., not very desirable to to date. Do you agree or disagree with his with what he said, and why? Do I agree or disagree? Uh, the fact of the matter is, if you look at the statistics, it just proves it. Um, men and women are attracted to two completely different things. Men are attracted to what is uh, a specific age range, womb, um, friendly, uh, peaceful, all of that. That's what men are attracted to. Women are attracted to what is protection, uh, provision, if you can provide all of that good fun stuff. So because of that, women who make a specific amount of money effectively range themselves out of 90% of the men 
because they are looking for a superior. Women are not looking for a man to take care of them. That's why the majority of the time they lose out to the, what, the chicken McDonald's. All right. All right. Uh, so I think I got everybody. Again, join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. Uh, do you have a, a question that you'd like to hear answered by one of our co-hosts? Email me, kj at metroconservativemedia.com. We will ask the co-host your question uh, during our pop-off. Oh, wait. I am so sorry. I forgot Steven. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I have you. Okay, Stephen, here we go. The United States is preparing to lift sanctions on several of the Iranian regime's most notorious human rights abusers implicated in the torture and execution of political dissidents, the murder of protest protesters, and the persecution of Iran's LGBTQ community. What are your thoughts? It's terrible. I mean, they're so desperate to make, first of all, if people don't know, it's a very backwards thing because Russia is the one negotiating the deal for the United States as we fight a war with or a proxy war in Ukraine with Russia. But that being said, they're willing to agree to almost anything that the Iranians seem to want in order to get this deal done, which almost guarantees in the future a nuclear weapon in the hands of Iran. This is not the deal that Obama, it's not a return to Obama's terrible deal, which was far better than what they're negotiating now. So it's awful because we're empowering the worst of the worst all over the world. To go back to the previous segment's policy, the question about the Biden policy, this is more of the same, where they're so desperate for wins. And like Tyrone said, they're out of ideas. And they clearly, I mean, we know that they make, they steal lines from the West Wing. Like literally his speeches steal lines. And so it, this is awful. Like we... How much further down the rabbit hole are we going to go before people do something about it? All right. All right. Um, as I was mentioning before, uh, if you have a question for one of our co-hosts, email me, kj at metroconservativemedia.com. We will ask the co-host your question during our pop-off. All right. Uh, we have some comments here. I'll go through those very quickly. I have a... He says, good point, Tyrone, on the tolerance of USA. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, Josh. Josh is in the comments. He's still with us. So he says, Israel won't allow Iran to have a nuke. Remember, Ozirak and Stuxnet. Uh, and, and then lastly, uh, he says, Ozirak was when Israel bombed Iraq's nuclear reactor. All right. I think he's responding to your pop-off question, uh, Stephen. Yeah. All right. So we are moving right along to our next topic, Lakeith Stanfield. So after Lakeith Stanfield is showing the world he's an artist in more ways than one, the Atlanta actor graces the latest cover of Replica Man, Replica Man magazine, where he is photographed wearing lacy knee-high stockings and patent leather shoes. As Madame Noir reported, Stan Field sports a black V-line tank, a do-rag, and a blazer while crossing his stockings, covered legs for the magazine's edgy, high-fashion spring 2022 issue. So my question to you all is, how does a heterosexual man look and act in 2022? I want to start with you, Chadwick. 
Yeah. Um, any my mentality is any masculinity today is considered toxic toxic masculinity one and two black masculinity in particular is pushed to be non-existent all right all right uh steven what are your thoughts on this uh photo spread of Lakeith? honestly i don't know i get my masculinity from the 90s <laughs> okay okay otherwise i'm with black chad man okay <laughs> Yana, what are your thoughts on the spread? Well, where's masculinity in 2022? That depends where we are in the world. So we see actually right now, um, you know, I follow, you know, different sides of uh, the world and what is happening. So it seems like what is being pushed on America, on Western Europe, is this like blurring of the masculinity and femininity and the fact pushing femininity on everything and then you have the the other world where it's just much more masculine where we have russia we have china and the the middle east as well where the masculinity is praised and loved and and so um i think that we need to be really careful uh with this um because strength will eventually win and so if america wants to be strong then they need to stop with that like uh you know get back to being normal all right uh colleen what are your thoughts on the spread and uh question of masculinity in 2022 yeah i mean to really kind of play off of yana um it really is a threat to american power i mean our men are significantly like they have like lower testosterone levels increased estrogen levels our cia and army recruiting videos look like something out of a disney film mm -hmm. i mean it's a serious concern and they want us to go overseas and fight against russia and they're pushing this in our media constantly. I mean, like, this is like, they want to normalize it. They have articles about bromances, guys cuddle when they're by themselves and stuff. And all these straight guys that are like, no, we don't. So it's, it's a really big threat to American power. I mean, you can, I will never fault anybody for living in however they want to live, but, um, I will say that this is definitely intentional to demasculate men in America. All so. right. And Tyrone, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, does How does heterosexual man look or act in 2022? Well, uh, piggyback on what Yana said, it, it's uh, situational in terms of the geography. Um, Alexander the Great is said to have been at least bisexual, but he wasn't feminine. Conquered, you know, most of the known world at that time, and he did it with a healthy dose of toxic masculinity. Uh, China recently, last year, it came out and they banned what they said were any effeminate men from their television. They said the reason why they were doing that is because they didn't want Western influences to water down their masculinity. Okay. Because China uh, is, you know, planning on making some moves in this world. And they know that uh, masculinity wins wars, quite frankly. So um, just I'll, I'll end on this. There's an article in Vice magazine. I put that on my Facebook page, too. And um, some of the transgender. Now, forgive me, because I, I don't know the term, all the terminology. 
and I'm not trying to learn it for him, her, it, uh, I don't know. Uh, but the, the men who have decided they want to be women in Ukraine, their ID cards have mail on it and they're running around panicking because they're being conscripted because Zelensky put the rule that 18 to 60 has men have to stay and they have to fight and defend the country. So this is where the rubber meets the, the road. You, The sign of a very decadent society is, in my opinion, veganism, because if, you, if you're out there doing any real work, you need a lot more calories and carbohydrates than a salad can give you. Uh, and this whole uh, attack on masculinity, the barbarians at the gate are not going to be swayed by a soy latte. Oh, all right. I want to move on to you, Chad, because I saw you pointing uh, at the camera. Uh, I mean, what do you think about this? Are men actually becoming more feminine or is this just a propaganda media push? We have a society today that does that is, I believe, in fear of masculinity. Um, we are have been attempting over the last 50 years to create what is much more balance in society when it comes to men and women. The problem is the more equal, quote unquote, men and women are, are very, we are what? Two plus two and three plus one. We are equal. We are not the same. And the problem is that they are trying to push women to be the same as men. And the best way to do that is to retract what would be considered traditional masculinity. What is traditional masculinity? That's a whole nother thing. You know, what is, what is masculinity? That, that's the, what is being a man? That's a whole nother thing. But there are specific traits that come along with being a man. There are specific traits that come along with being a woman. They are very different. We are different genetically in the way that we think, in the way that we move, in the way that we in the way that we speak, in the way that we're built. I don't know if you noticed there was a young lady um, about two and a half weeks ago in Mexico trying to show her daughter that we are just as strong as men are. Stepped into a gym, 400 pounds on both sides in, in combination, got it up for four seconds. This was the, the, the camera in the gym recorded this, had two spotters. The spotter stepped away because she's like, I got it. Trying to show her daughter this, her 10-year-old daughter. Got it up for probably the fourth second it fell and literally ripped her in half. The craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, we have, we're at, we're at a point right now in which we have transgender women who are destroying records of colleges well, are better at being and, women than men yeah it, it, that isn't that's mind-boggling I'm, I'm saying you know what why can't we just get to a point in which the mentality is it's okay to be who you are it's okay to be what you are it's okay and as, as you know kj i'm, I'm uh, my wife and i yes married 15 years now we are ridiculously traditional we are incredibly traditional she does not expect me to, uh, she's got dinner, 
she's like, I've got laundry, all that good stuff. What do I make sure happens? All the, the cars are taken care of. Uh, she doesn't have to get oil changes. She doesn't have to get gas. She'll come home with nothing like, baby, I didn't get gas. No problem. I got you. The thing is, we are, again, equal, but we're not the same. But let me and, ask you and this. That's okay, and that's okay. Right, but I want to jump in. Is, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to jump in because one thing we see is the emergence of you know uh, the transgender, you know, gay men, gay women. We do see a, a huge emergence of this now. So, how do you straddle the line between giving them space, these gender bending people, and then also keeping you know, uh, men, men and women, women who are heterosexual. Can that even be, is that possible? Because they're, they're actually trying to get rid of gender norms. Yeah, but you're a little bit, oh, sorry. No, anybody. So they're allowed to have their space there. It's perfectly fine. It's the level of indoctrination they want to, like, for example, the don't say gay bill is not a don't say gay bill. It, it, it includes uh, heterosexual sexuality. It's not to let little kids from pre-K to third grade be trained in any form of sexuality and they make it about everything it's not well what if they come from gay parents you know they have gay parents at home are they not allowed to talk about no they're perfectly allowed to there's nothing in the bill that doesn't say it. but all they focus on is something that doesn't even exist for a marketing perspective it's about indoctrination i mean to an extent it's about grooming we live in a society that makes excuses for grooming where they are sexually grooming children to increase the number of what you term gender bending individuals. Yeah. This is not healthy living. Yeah. This is not about sharing space. This is about invading the space of what they call cisgendered heterosexuals and making it their space. It's a war that they've chosen to fight in terms of because we're a threat to them for existing. And yeah. Yeah. Stephen, Stephen, there should be no reason that uh, my daughter brings home paperwork that says, hey, we're starting sex ed. And the first four paragraphs of it is about LGBT. Right. That and so, for example, no you know I, I mean? I've visited a high school in the area and they got gay flags like all over, like in different classrooms. Uh, they're placed there. And it's like there's. One thing you teach the children to be respectful and not to be, you know, hateful or hurt, you know, hurt anyone who you disagree with that, you know, you can teach that. Um, and but there's a difference. They're actually pushing the fact that this is good, like, you know, homosexuality is is good. And, you know, you got to almost like prom it is promotion. So you can still be a respectful human being without promoting homosexuality or transgenderism but they want to literally change the culture and the human mentality about the whole thing how it used to work was you know uh people were allowed to mature and make their own minds up as to you know whatever it is that they were comfortable with being uh but you've got the the public school system uh, and a lot of the bureaucracy and elected officials, the entertainment industry, uh, pushing this narrative that it, it the narrative is almost at the point where if you're heterosexual, there's something wrong with you. OK, uh, and this is being pumped into young, impressionable 
minds. Um, and I, Evie's not on here uh, tonight, but I know, look, I had a debate with a woman yesterday on homeschooling. I was homeschooled. I don't have kids. So we're going back and forth. And she's like, hey, but you don't have kids. I said, look, lady, I don't need to be a helicopter pilot. If I see a helicopter turned over and on fire, I know something went wrong. So I know that what's going on in the public school system today, when you've got kids who are reading, high school kids who are reading at kindergarten level in Baltimore City, where do you find the time to talk about homosexuality? It's just, it, there's, there's an agenda behind that. Yes, yes. So in the black culture, we have a society that raises the women to be men and the men to be women. Um, I'm just going to jump right into that. Uh, every uh, television show there is, uh, back from the Cosby show until now, people say the Cosby show was great. The Cosby show was absolutely horrible because Cliff did not run that show. His wife did. Claire ran the Cosby show. If you look really at, at stuff like that, there was a show called Underco Undercovers with Boris Kojo. Incredibly masculine man that was did everything correctly spoke multiple languages married to his black wife it did not last one season because the community said it was unrealistic we have shows like half and half sister sister all this garbage in which you do you they do not put masculine men on television i pointed at the screen um when they talked about china because Kudos to China, because China said, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We are not going to put up with this bullshit. Um, excuse me, with the with this bullshit. <laughs> we're not. I'm, I'm tired of looking at um, and, and, and I'm tired of looking at 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 the Tyler Perry stuff. I'm tired of looking at the the the, the what's the guy's name? Other bald head with a really screwed up looking mustache um, that does all the television shows every day. Um, Steve Harvey, I'm tired of looking at all of this, you know, female pandering and making men look like trash, like the majority of Tyler. It makes absolutely no sense that Tyler Perry is a billionaire today because of making men look like trash. I mean, like, seriously, the thing is, the, uh, I don't, the, I don't know what no one about. got it. Right. No one I, got it. I agree no with you. For, I mean, I think it looks, you know, a masculine man and a woman, a feminine woman married, it's not just cookie cutter. It doesn't look like one particular way. Um, and and your, your comment about the cause, I totally agree. I totally disagree with Elvin. So, um, take a look at it. You got to take a look at it. Take a look at it. show where Elvin came across and said that to them that she was not being, quote unquote, a uh, dutiful wife or, or what have you and and she they totally disarmed that that narrative <clears throat> I, I certainly disagree with that we take a whole show over that so um <laughs> can i actually add something kj well you can have the last word okay so um since i i'm kind of a former democrat and only like two years ago and i will say that even my outlook on femininity and masculinity was so skewed i mean 
Chad, my boyfriend could not get me to cook him a meal to do. I mean, I did his laundry, but I like, I was like, I'm never going to cook. Like, this is just not me because that was like, you know, it was kind of frowned upon. Don't make him a sandwich. You know, you're an independent woman and all this. Now I'm like, I, I want to assume more of a feminine, like caretaker role. You know, I'm looking towards the future and that structure has really made my life a lot easier. It's made our relationship better. I mean, when you're trying to play Miss Independent Woman all the time, that kind of kicks the man out of the picture. I mean, like it really, I, I don't know. I mean, all I can say is that as I've embraced more traditional gender roles, I'm happier for it. I was sold a lie that the independent woman thing makes you happy. It doesn't. We're not built like men. We can't just have sex with anybody and be totally fine the next day. Any woman who's telling you that is lying. So we are not built like men. Like we just are not. And all the stuff that we've been told to, you know, be promiscuous, do whatever you want. It's totally fine. It's led to a lot of unhappy women and a lot of single mothers. Like it's, it's sold us all lies. Okay. So, female body isn't built to take that. The female body is not built to take that. And when it does, you see what you get. You get a whole flipper uh, flapping. Well, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. AJ, <laughs> let, me, let me say one thing about the economic aspect of feminism. Uh, because if you follow the money, it'll always reveal something to you. Now, the Gloria Steinem was a pawn used to convince women that they did not already have the most important job in society, which was that, that rearing the children and caring for the household, okay? And, you know, people want to cancel you for saying that kind of thing today. What the United States government quickly figured out after the income tax was introduced was that it was better to get Ward and June out of the house working and on a W-2 payroll somewhere where they could both be contributing to the tax revenues of the United States of America. And that's that's part of the the economics of this whole situation where women should be we had an incident uh here at my house a few weeks ago where for some reason the alarm went off at like 2 a.m okay and so that's when femininity got to stay in the bed while masculinity had to get up armed go outside, i'm no hero figure everything out okay um so I think that fem the feminist movement has done a, quite a number on women degrading the value that they brought to the table, as Chad said, an equal value. Uh, and they made them believe that they were less than, which is far from the truth. I, I just want to yeah. say that the one thing I think everyone in this panel can agree on is that the strongest society make the strongest men. China wants masculine men to be strong. The Islamic nations want masculine men to be strong. For all the other failings of these countries and their belief systems and whatever else they get wrong, they know one thing that's universal. You need strong men to win. Because when you look at the survey that came out about Ukraine, where they asked Republicans, independents, and Democrats, would you stay and fight? Republicans and independents overwhelmingly said they'd stay and fight, whereas Democrats said they would flee. The okay. only difference between those three groups is ideology. Two of those groups, pretty much majority, believe in masculine men, while the third group believes in effeminizing men. 
Because oh. men, they build armies, and whoever is trying to control us, they do not want us to be strong and to build our own army. Men also build infrastructure. If if all of the men disappeared, we would lose the majority of our infrastructure. The majority of men do everything having to do with construction. The majority of men run all of the power grids. The majority of men run all of the... And this is a, what, 49% population covering 100% of the population. So if we were all gone, the amount of time it would take women to do... There's a specific reason why women don't do these jobs. Women want equal opportunity when it comes to the top side of being the CEO and being all of that, but they're not going to dig the ditches. They're not going to do all the stuff that cost that that's much more labor intensive, which is why the majority of men die faster than women do. Uh, Well, women die in the brain faster. It's a 10 to one when it comes to uh, Alzheimer dementia, but still, um, you know, if, it's I'm just trying to get a relay that it's really OK to be a traditional man and it's OK to be a traditional woman. All you know right, what I mean? We'll leave it on that because we do have to move on. We're running out of time. I do want to get to the comments. All right. So That's we have. You, Bob, Chad. Yes. Absolutely. You're the man, Steve. You're the man, bro. <laughs> uh, so we have Evie. Evie says gay men and women do not turn heterosexual men and women gay. Yes, they do. <laughs> and then why do they engage in warfare on us then? Why are we their enemy? That, well, I, mean, that, I mean, Greece proved that ages ago that, you know, they actually had a, a whole policy about it. They turned everybody gay because they thought it was How did good. he turn somebody? What do you mean? But how did he t- turn someone gay? Well, actually, it's... Um, well, I mean that's that's a known fact. I mean, the in Sparta, they actually in ancient uh, Greece, they actually thought it was a good strategy to have everyone, all men, to be if the bisexual or or gay because they actually formed armies of these gay men who then fought together with their lovers, and they thought that that would be um, they would be more loyal to to each other and to the fight. They actually were not loyal to the women. They didn't have like really uh, wives. They were just procreating with some women. And so they would take children that were after, I believe like six years old uh, from the mothers and they would pair that child with an older man to be their mentor and who would teach them all kinds of things, including, um, you know, the the homosexuality and uh that was that's what sparta did and uh that's why alexander the great was who he was in terms of his sexuality he was the product of that oh wow Mm -hmm. thank you for that i've always questioned that because when you think of um anal penetration uh and and more and more common uh in hetero heterosexuals what is the difference between heterosexual man doing anal penetration than to a woman versus a man it's, it's still a butt yeah. <laughs> you know what? i think we should have a whole segment on that at a later date when i'm on the show we can talk about another time but i always wanted because i'm thinking you know if, if you if you are into that 
What's the difference between a woman's butt and a man's butt? It's still a butt. But wouldn't you say the push for it? Okay, to go down this rabbit hole. Well, I don't want to. I know we don't have no, the push for that today. This whole ass obsession thing that you're talking about is part of the war on heterosexuality. It's mm -hmm. being taught as a name. Like these things aren't just coming. I'm not saying people don't enjoy it, whatever, whatever. I'm not getting into the, but this total propaganda warfare that they have about sexuality in the West, it's, it's part of an agenda. It's part of a plan to emasculate men, to take away the male, um, attitude everything a man does that's uh chivalrous toxic opening a door for a woman anything that used to be okay that women wanted from men even in just day-to-day -day interactions in the office or whatever yes no one's saying sexually harass your co-workers but at the same token treating a woman like a woman like holding the door for them out of courtesy is now some sort of disrespect to a woman because you're not Oh, I'm sorry. I'm holding the door for you. I have enough respect for you to make sure that you pass through the doorway safely before I pass myself through the doorway. It's not a sexual move. You also have to understand. Oh, I'm sorry. You also have to understand. Again, it's just the war. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Everything's changing. It's everything is changing. I know we have to move on, but mm, yeah, everything I'm, is changing. I'm, 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 Even I'm, I'm, our body shapes. If you look at some of these men uh, <sighs> that entertain uh, uh, homosexuality. Their behinds are getting wider and higher, so you they're they're changed. It's not plastic surgery. You can tell that these men, you know, they're almost starting to form like a woman. too many soy lattes. <laughs> Our bodies are starting to adapt to this, um, and and what do you call evolve? I'm being serious. This I think is it might be hormonal really as well. To them taking mm -hmm. some hormone That's blockers. I don't think, so. I don't think it's like every that. day. You know, guys, you see with, um, you know, they they, they identify as uh, gay, and their behinds are very wide, and they're becoming very high. If you, you wear your sister's up, pants long enough, they'll start to fit properly. Like, what can I say? I think we're like, starting to evolve. I really do, but um. Again, join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. Also, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, so last topic of the night. This is a quick one. Um, so I'm not sure if everyone on the call is Republican, um, but this is something I wanted to ask you guys. Basically, I am a Republican, but. So finish that sentence with something that goes against the grain of the party. What is something that you don't necessarily agree with with the national party of Republicans? So I'll start with you, uh, Stephen. Uh, I'm a Republican, but I they have to earn my vote from here on out. I mean, I no longer hold a loyalty to this party that doesn't care about its members. Clearly, by we, they didn't have $4 billion to build a wall on our southern border, but today they have $14 billion to send to a country that majority of the party isn't interested in defending. I mean, no matter what they want to say, we're, I'm a Republican, but I will no longer blindly follow what they have to say. They have to earn my vote from here on out. All right. Uh, I want to move to uh, you, Colleen. So I'm a Republican, but I support legalizing marijuana. 
Um, I completely disagree. Anytime I see any kind of right wing article about, you know, why we should keep weed illegal and, you know, moms against weed and all this stuff. I'm just like, I do not think that that is one of the fish that we need to fry right now. I think that I honestly, I've even opened my mind to like kind of legalizing almost all drug usage. I mean, I'm open to hearing good arguments on that if I was ever a policymaker, because I really don't believe in locking up people for, you know, getting high. You know what I mean? So especially marijuana, why not? We can tax it. We can regulate it properly so that when people aren't smoking joints in front of kids on the streets, I think we can do this properly. So that's my butt. All right. Did you ever watch The Wire? No, no, I never actually got to watch the show, but I really should, honestly. I yeah, really need to watch it. They actually explored that on there. They explored it where they had an area of Baltimore where it was open. Uh, they called it, um, I forget what the name of it was, um, Amsterdam. Hamsterdam. Oh Amsterdam. God. And they had open, open. Oh, well, it certainly can't be open. I so I don't I don't agree with that. Oh, yeah, because well, it was free. Not, they, they yeah. was like an experiment where they would let people you know, do drugs but it was oh, yeah. you know, regulated in one area. And, um, it's got to be done properly. Like, it really has to be done out of children's sight and like where it's not going to be a problem with society. Nobody's going to be harming themselves or harming others. Like it has to be done properly, but I think well, we can how do can it. You shoot, how can you shoot heroin properly? Oh, well, I just don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to help them do it, but I don't want to lock them up for doing it. I oh. want to lock them up if they're committing crimes after they are high, you know what I mean? But like, I don't want to lock somebody up just because they're shooting up on the side of the road. I think that we have programs we can, we can help people. All right. Uh, what about you, Tyrone? Actually, um, I'm a conservative. I like to identify first as a conservative, um, and less so with the party uh, party label. But I am a Republican. But the Republicans um, are extremely weak. Uh, I am tired of hearing about, well, uh, we're going to be the better people. And uh, we're not going to return fire in kind. And OK, so you're going to continue to lose then. Um, because politics is a blood sport. And I believe that most of the Republicans in Congress, uh, especially the Senate, are more concerned with uh, their personal, uh, you know, fortunes than they are with actually representing the ideology that we all share here. So um, I'm not about I'm not going to support you just because you're Republican. You've got to be, you've got to have some teeth. All right. Um, what about you, uh, Chadwick? I'm a Republican. Uh, I am a Republican, but uh, I am a conservative Republican, but uh, I am pro-choice. Um, and I'm was hoping that that whole my body, my choice thing would do a little more fighting back when it came to mandates for vaccines. Um, and, and it, and it didn't happen, but, uh, yeah, um, that's, that's, that's me. I am, uh, I am pro-choice for a whole lot of other reasons as well, but, um, I know how time works. So, so am I, so am I, Chad, I agree. Cause I, I, same thing with the vaccine. I was kind of, that's kind of conflicting. So it was really hard for me. I believe it's wrong. I believe abortion is murder and I believe it's wrong, but I can't tell people what to do with their bodies. I can't. Well, that's another 
another round. We can mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, if we were if we were Democrats, you guys would be just thrown out of, you know, you'd be excommunicated for expressing a belief that's contrary to the party line. Yeah, they fight to win, not to, yeah, not to have opinions. Mm -hmm. what? Yeah, Yana, did I get you yet? I'm a Republican. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what about you? Uh, well, I can say I'm a Republican, but I think that the party has been or is being infiltrated by the new world order ideas and globalism. I think that to be something that uh, Tyrone has said, like they're not being strong enough. And I think that the party, in order to promote this country, they need to be more focused on patriotism, on uh, nationalism, um, rather than welcoming these uh, globalist ideas and, uh, yeah, just being more, being stronger. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go. Uh, I am a Republican, but I wish um, more Republicans had the the mindset of Trump as far as reaching out to minority communities. Um, I really liked what he did. He, throughout his campaign, uh, he actually, I think he was like the first president, Republican president to actually go into these communities. Uh, he talked about the black communities. Uh, and so um, I wish more Republicans would do that. And not only that, but also strike down or talk against uh, rhetoric that is discriminatory and racist. Um, as we mentioned last week, uh, we talked about Nick Fuentes, who is a high-ranking leader in the America First movement, and he has said countless anti-Semitic and racist statements. Um, but he was—he uh, had a had a huge political movement uh, when during CPAC, uh, and we have c candidates running under him uh, here in Maryland also. So I don't really understand that, um, and I do wish Republicans would speak out more against that. Well, because CPAC isn't really conservative, we learned this week, didn't we? We yeah. Are we are we going to talk about Match Lap? Are we going to talk oh, about? Oh, come on, please. We have to. Dude, that guy's awful, and he yeah. gets Soros money to boot. Well, he supported Leah Thomas, the swimmer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's like this is this is CPAC, the man who chairs CPAC, the conserv. We conserve. That's the problem. We have been fooled. It is no longer two parties. It's a uniparty in two suits. Whoever's in power is the power, the party in power, and the other suit is the oppo party. When the Democrats are the oppo party, they burn down the country. No one bats an eye. When yeah. we're when we're the oppo party, when Republicans, it, we're expected to roll over and play dead while our leaders rain their fists furiously. This makes no sense. Why are why do we continue to support these people, and yet they do nothing for us in terms of meeting us at our level, we're always expected to meet them at their level. Right. McConnell, we have 14 billion for Ukraine, but we don't have 4 billion to secure our own border. All right, we'll go to the comments. You've got, oh. you got uh, real quick, McConnell, you've got Romney, and here in Maryland, you have Hogan. These are our standard bearers, okay? Creepy Uncle Larry. Yeah. I want to go to some of the comments because we have some good ones before we end tonight. Uh, so I have here uh, Joshua. Let's see. Uh, legislating Christian values is wrong. We need to respect the separation of church and state. I certainly agree with that. The church um, and state. Let me let me just uh, butt in here because it, I, I do this every time this is brought up. 
that was a notion that was written about in the letter to the Danbury Baptist. It was not codified in the Constitution. We have freedom from religion. Okay, and that's that's kind of spelled out in the First Amendment. But people people bring that up, and I, I don't think they're aware that it was in a correspondence of different thoughts. It's not actually in a founding document. Yeah. I mean, did not founding say that we have to have a Christian morality. Like I'm Jewish, so you know, when I say this, I say it purely from the political aspect, but. This country has to be run with a Christian morality. That's what, you know, that was a founding, uh, a tenet of how our founding fathers wrote the Constitution. They didn't want to codify religion into it because they had freedom. They wanted to have freedom from and for religion. But the idea was, is you had to have some sort of moral Christian value. Right. Yeah. And actually, the founding fathers have said that the Constitution is for religious people, that if we do not have religious people in the country, this constitution is just not going to work. And that's yeah, why, that yeah, yeah, and that's why they keep wanting to change the constitution. Yeah, mm -hmm. they have been calling for that. I mean, like, you have that guy this week say you should just throw it out and replace it with a better doctor. Yeah, Harvard grad. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing in this country anymore? Seriously, there are so many of us. He wasn't wrong. Trump wasn't wrong. We've just stayed silent and let them steamroll us. Democrat, Republican, Independent. There are millions of us on all sides of the argument. Who believe in a moral compass, but we let the, the fringe on either side determine what the conversations really are when we should be taking back our country from those people and making the conversations more moral and just. There's room for everybody in that. And we have Republican reprisal who says, I am a Republican, but no longer blindly support the police or foreign wars. All right. I uh, have here Evie Evie. I'm a Republican, but I'm against endless wars, excessive spending, and the cowardice of many Republicans in D.C. Uh, we have Joshua. The Wire and Homicide Life on the Street were based on the same exact book by Di David Simon. Yes. All right. Uh, Andy says, oh, snap, I like this guy. I think He's he talking like about Tyrone. Tyrone, yeah. Well, um, thank you, Andy. And then I'll go uh, here. As Republicans, we're supposed to be for small government. 2020 opened my eyes to our police state when I saw officers arresting fathers in the park and surfers at the beach during COVID lockdown. That's a good point. Yeah, honestly, any Republican that was like pro-mask, pro any kind of craziness, I want them gone. And that also includes anybody running for Maryland governor. Right. No. Yeah, we have here. Joshua says Roe v. Wade was decided based on medical freedom. Same should apply to Vax. All right. Yeah. Uh, so we have. Um, so this brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for watching. Please continue the conversation by checking us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and subscribe. That way you get up-to-the-minute content when we post. And we appreciate the support. We are an independent media, and each time you subscribe, it helps make our voice that much stronger. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com 
We look forward to seeing you next week. Again, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us this week. Yes, thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Pleasure, you guys. All right. We uh, until then, until uh, next week. Count your blessings and live a life of purpose. Good night. Bye.